This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. Welcome to the Love of the Star podcast. I'm Bobby Bell, Dallas Cowboys insider for 105 Through the Fan in Dallas. Joined, as always, by former Super Bowl winning NFL scout Brian Broaddus. He is now the co-host of the G-Bag Nation, 2 to 7 p.m. Central, Monday through Friday on 105 Through the Fan in Dallas. You can also catch him as the pre- and post-game co-host on the Dallas Cowboys radio network. And Brian, one more preseason game. That's all we have. And I, and I do got to say, I think this is... The first, maybe it's the second uh, podcast we've done here where Brian and I have matching mics. So I know some of you on the YouTube have been upset. We read your comments, all of them. I saw some of you were upset with the levels. So I said, all right, I'm going to get a mic just like Brian's. So here we are. We got a mic here. We uh, we crowd crowdsourced this, and we, we're listening to you guys. So you guys have been heard in the YouTube. So keep dropping comments in there because we love hearing from you guys. But uh, we've got the same mic now. So we should have the same level. We should be all good. Brian, how are you uh, doing today, and how excited are you for this final preseason game? This is uh, this is the Scouts game back in the day, right? Back in the day, they called this the Scouts game, and what makes it even more unique is the fact that we only have one cut. And so, you know, the one roster reduction, and it used to be a time where – uh, there was the, uh, you know, when you had the reduction before the final game and then it turned into, okay, well, how are you going to have enough players uh, to be able to play the game, but also not expose your starters to the game? And so uh, by allowing all the teams to keep all their players and that have the one cut, you know, we'll probably um, get to see something very similar for the Cowboys that we've seen for the last couple of games and you know what I'm okay with that I think there's some questions uh still at wide receiver uh with the numbers there I think there's some questions now with what's gone on with with the overshone injury uh I think there's some questions at defensive tackle uh with uh, with guys like Quentin Bohanna will they keep three defensive tackles will they just keep two um, there are still plenty of things that you're going to have to work through the running back situation is another one, Bobby, that, you know, have they made up their mind about the number of running backs they're going to keep? Um, is it trying to put Malik Davis on waivers and see if you can get him back and put him on the practice squad? Uh, are there top possibilities of trading uh, for an offensive tackle uh, or a guard and then claiming other positions like a linebacker? I I think when we get to the final reduction, matter of fact, I think there's going to be some roster manipulation of guys that they're probably going to go without a long snapper. They might go without C.J. Goodwin, you know, again, the vested veteran thing. But he's got guaranteed money now, so it might be a little bit more difficult to play that card. But uh, we'll see. Uh, Nashawn Wright might be a guy. Now, remember this, if you're a guy that's hurt, they might have to keep you on the active roster for the one day. 
and then they could put you on injured reserve, and then they can bring you back at that uh, that time that uh, that the four week period or three week period that they have. So, a lot of things about to happen, and but you're going to play a football game, and it's going to be one final shot to see. Uh, if the decisions that you're making, I'm sure that Will McClay and Stephen Jones, Jerry Jones, Mike McCarthy have an idea when they look at their personnel board, they've got a lot of those tags tilted right now. And then there's some guys that they have absolute questions about. So uh, this is exciting for, for, for me just because I'd like to see which way these questions get answered. Yeah, and look, we've got several questions that need answering uh, outside of just the roster. Uh, you know, questions about Sam Williams that we'll get into here shortly. Uh, some questions like you mentioned about uh, covering for DeMarvey and Overshone and some of their plans with that, which Stephen Jones did give us a little bit of insight into how they plan on attacking that. Before we get into those questions, I'm, I'm just curious uh, to run through the last we left. You had not gotten a chance to really dive into the tape yet. I know you've gotten a chance to see the tape now. Any big takeaways for you coming out of that second preseason game? Anything that that really stuck out to you as, oh, this is a good sign or this is a bad one or anything like that? Yeah, I think that those uh, young offensive linemen are continuing to try and find footing uh, to solidify spots, maybe seven, eight, nine uh, for uh, the roster. Um, I really do like what I've seen from T.J. Bass uh, Bass as a uh, as a guard uh, possible. Uh, you know, option there. Uh, I think that uh, Josh Ball probably played his best game uh, as a uh, as a Dallas Cowboy. And again, it's not a lot of regular season action. It's more of just the you know with the with the preseason variety. But I thought he acquitted himself very well. Awesome Richards continues to show the ability to play both tackle and guard. It's not always perfect for him. I think Quentin Bohanna. I mentioned him early. Uh, for some of the opportunities that uh, he was able uh, to show, um, you know, we've, we've, we're kind of figuring out things about Kelvin Joseph playing in the secondary. Um, so, yeah, um, uh, Marquise Bell, is he going to be a guy that, you know, Marquise Bell, every time you look at the final stats, when we do our postgame show, Bobby, he's one of the guys that's one of the top guys when it comes to tackling, uh, you know, top tacklers on the team. You know, uh, I, I think that, uh, that that Tolbert solidified his spot as the four. Uh, I think he could push for three, uh, you know, given that we'll see what happens with. And, and this is not against uh, this is not against anything of Michael Gallup. I think Michael Gallup has done just fine in the opportunities he's got. I just think that I think that uh, that Jalen Tolbert has the bit between his teeth right now to steal a horse racing term. You know, he sees an opportunity here. He's he's really he's on the other side of the hill now with his confidence, and he's uh, you know he's showing that he can make plays. So yeah, it's uh, I think the quarterback situation. If you felt like that maybe Will Greer was getting an opportunity to you know carry uh, close the ground on Cooper Rush, uh, I don't think that's the case at all. So. Cooper Rush is clearly your backup, and you know maybe that's the way it should be after he was four and one last year. But you kind of thought that maybe Will Greer would compete. I thought Will Greer. We'll see if Will Greer, in fact, is one of those guys that gets on the fifty-three man roster. You know that kind of thing. Uh, you know maybe they're. We'll see if they're going to carry the three quarterbacks or not. Uh, but uh, you know there's a there's a those are the kinds of things that you. You noticed uh, in this game, uh, you know, when, when we sat down and watched the All-22. 
Stephen Jones tells us uh, this week, tells the media that uh, Jalen Tolbert has, like you mentioned, taken that number four role. That is his now. Uh, now the question, like you mentioned, maybe he cuts into a little bit of the Michael Gallup yeah. workload. Maybe he competes with him a little bit. Or maybe it's just something to give you some confidence in the receiving core after Brandon Cooks is is done here, whenever that may be. Um, but either way, given the number four role, that's locked in. Sounds like he could be on ice this weekend uh, because of that against the Raiders. Um, but when you look at John Stevens, who we talked about last week and said, hey, maybe he would have been kind of a fringe guy. Stephen Jones outright told us uh, that, you know, no, he was that was a guy who had played his way onto the 53 pretty much, um, which yeah. is kind of a surprising comment to me. I thought that maybe he would have been in contention, but that sounded like they firmly liked him on the 53 man roster. Does that spell trouble, you think, for Sean McEwen or Peyton Hendershot? I mean, he, neither one is in trouble at this point due to the ACL injury and Stevens being out. But uh, that means that one of them was in all likelihood on the chopping block here. Well, could it have also been whoever the sixth receiver was? Brooks. You know? Yeah, if it was what if it was Jalen Brooks? What if it was, you know, you play with five wide receivers and, you know, you have that it gives you the flexibility to to potentially have the extra tight end. You know, McEwen has made some plays. He's also had some times where he hasn't been as good. You know, I, I think that I think overall this group has blocked pretty well. Uh, I, I think there has been improvement with with Ferguson. I think there's been improvement uh, with Hendershot and with McEwen. Uh, you know, Stevens was a guy that I th- you know I know talking to people really outside the organization, which you know th- these are like the guys that and the gals that we work with, the Todd Archers and stuff like that, who have a very good handle on this roster. You know, even Brad Sham. There felt like that maybe that John Stevens was more of a practice squad kind of guy. Yeah. You know, that that he was, you know, let's not I'm not calling it fool's gold, but you know, he'd had good practices. Uh he'd had good games. Uh but okay, where was that roster spot going to come from? You know, where it would how much did you really like McEwen, as we mentioned? How much do you really like the sixth wide receiver? You know, if you're going to keep six, does would John Stevens have been the sixth wide receiver in number? You know, not in you know not in position, but sure. You know, where would you have stolen that roster spot in order? Now, maybe it's the third quarterback thing again. Maybe you know, maybe you have to to kind of figure some things out that way. But I, I it's interesting because I I was kind of torn with him. I was thinking like, man, okay, yeah, this guy he's. He's doing everything he can to make this team, you know, but was it going to be enough to take somebody out? Yeah, maybe it was. Maybe it absolutely wasn't. Stephen Jones, in fact, is telling you the truth. So let's talk about Marquise Bell now, a guy who I know you had mentioned about him kind of loading up the stat sheet recently. Marquise Bell, a guy who, even though he came out of Florida A&M and he was a yeah. uh, community college transfer, a lot of people may not realize he was at Maryland. Uh, I mean, he was a Big Ten recruit, and this was a guy who got into some trouble off the field, uh, was suspended ahead of his freshman season, transferred. But this is somebody that was viewed as a a big-time, you know, a player capable of playing big-time college football for Maryland. Um, And so he ends up going to Florida A&M, has sort of the J. Ron Curse body type. Like, I think we've viewed it the last couple years as this is their future replacement for J. Ron Curse. 
But what's been intimated by Marquise Bell and Stephen Jones this week is that Bell is going to be the guy that they're going to try and duplicate some of the packages that they wanted to do with DeMarvian Overshone. Obviously, I think Overshone is somebody who's got a better blitzing ability, somebody who can function almost with edge-like traits at times. But uh, I find it interesting that they're going to go with Bell here because I I felt like some of the stuff they wanted to do with Overshone, you're not going to be able to replicate it with other people on the roster. That was what was so unique about Overshone's skill set and his size and his ability. But Bell is probably the closest one you can replicate in terms of size and, all right, he can cover a little, he can fill the run game. The the pass rush is not quite the same, and and I don't think the – football IQ, no slight to Marquise Bell. It's just a Marvin Overshone is such a high football IQ. I think you're going to have a hard time finding that with any young player. But your I, your thoughts on Bell potentially stepping in and taking some of these Overshone-like reps? Yeah, I've um, in my mind, I've kind of gone round and round because I'm, I, I was a little disappointed, and I'm sure the coaching staff was disappointed too because of what happened with Overshone. And I wonder if there's certain packages or certain ideas that they had for him in mind that they now have to completely scrap, that they're going to have to say, we don't have the player with the capability. You mentioned Bell. Um, you know, Overshone's a 230-pound guy. Bell's a 218-pound guy. Both have a nose for the football. Both have the ability to finish. Uh, you know, uh, Bell... Uh, is a guy that probably a little bit lacks in coverage from what you got in Overshone. But when you're talking about being around the football, when you're talking about uh, finishing plays, Bell is right there with Overshone. And, and what's so sad about the Overshone thing is, you know, he was selected there in the third round. If Overshone plays, they do a redraft. And I guarantee you it's going to be one of these guys that, well, maybe he should have been selected you know, in the second round, higher in the second round. Maybe he was a bottom one guy that should have been, you know, a late one, you know, kind of a thing. I, I think that his play was going to be one of those times when you do radio like you and I do for a living that we were going to talk about who in the league uh, outplayed their draft status. And Overshone probably was going to be one of those guys. Yeah. And that's the unfortunate thing. Um, I think that, uh, that, that Bell is capable of just because of the traits I told you, the finish, the fine, the, you know, finding the ball, all those things are really, really positive for him. Uh, and maybe, again, uh, you know, Dan Quinn, the one thing I could trust about these defensive coaches is they will take players, they will find their strengths, and then they'll use them in that way. We can't. We we haven't always been able to say that about players here with the Dallas Cowboys through history. You know, there's been times where uh, whether it's Rod Marinelli or Mike Nolan. You know, we felt like, wow, this player was drafted, and now we're trying to kind of figure out what he is. These guys, if they if they don't figure out, okay, he's this, but not this, they will play to a player's strength. That's the one thing I really appreciate about Dan Quinn in this defensive staff they will find the right guys to play in their scheme you are listening to the love of the star podcast the love of the stars and odyssey podcast you can find it on the odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts